guys welcome to lost in the long box for april 1st april fool's day um ek you did say we are live correct all right um as you can see we are doing the um takeout only version of the show we are not in the studio but you are all called in for it um guys you're gonna have to let me know if you can see me because i have my notes up here on the page or up on my laptop so i have the actual podcast in the corner so i can't actually see what's going on like for right now all i see is the fxbg public radio logo but we're all good to go so um well i guess this is going to be the new norm for a while everybody calling in to do their stuff remotely instead of going to an office location which that's all right yeah um so let's let's get into it how was everybody's weekend uh, other than not being able to go anywhere yeah pretty much been quiet <laughs> Um, I heard a laugh. Is that was that Olivia or was that? Um, yep, we got Olivia in now. Yeah. I think oh, hey, Olivia. I was cutting in and out. Yeah. Hi, just joined. Great. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Uh, pretty good. You know what? If you want to stick around for the podcast, hell, have at it. Okay. Um, yeah. Sure. So, how was well? Since you're here, how was your weekend? Pretty quiet. You know, it's a little bit weird times right now, but everything's going pretty good considering. Right. Now, I did. Now, obviously, there were no new books today because Diamond announced last week that there's no new books. Um, but and I have some news items. We're going to cover that in a second. But um, are you guys still open? You're doing mail order or um, curb pickup? Yeah, so we're still open right now. We are um, changing our hours temporarily. We're going to be closed Sunday, Mondays now. And then every other day we're open 11 to 5. Um, okay. We are doing mail order. We're doing shipping. We have our online store going. Um, we're doing some Facebook live streams that we're going to start up this week because um, we are bringing in a ton of product from our warehouses that we've never brought out before. So there's a lot of cool stuff that we're pulling out um, that kind of help make up for, you know, new books not coming in. Fantastic. Something else exciting. Yeah. Right. And, and for you guys out there who don't remember, um, Olivia is with our new sponsor, Gateway Comic and Toys. Um, she's actually going to be coming on every week and telling us what specials they have, what new releases are out there. Um, as soon as all this stuff blows over and we start getting new books again, which I'm assuming is, is going to happen, um, someone needs to mute their microphone. There's a lot of noise going on. Enos issue, mute your phone. It's, it's, it's Enos. <laughs> All right. Um, so, hey, you while sound we, like a burble. Yep. Mute your phone, Enos. You sound like Rover Bill. <laughs> All right. So let's get into the news items. If you guys didn't see, um, DC Universe has debuted a new poster for the Stargirl series that's coming out. Um, I actually linked this on the Facebook page for Lost in a Long Box. Um, it's a really nice poster. It's got Stargirl on it, Stripe, um, the Yolanda Montez, Wildcat, Dr. Midnight, Our Men, Tigress, who I don't know who Tigress is. That's a character I don't recognize. Uh, Brainwave, Icicle, Dragon King, and Sportsmaster. Um, and it looks like it's going to be premiering on digital May 18th and then actually on CW on May 19th. So looking looking forward to that. Looks really good. Yeah. Uh, all right. Bear with me, sir. Because you're asking me to perform something I haven't. You got to remember, this is like only my second time on this bad boy, too. Right. 
I got you. There you go. All righty. Uh, okay, okay yeah. talking to our engineer, everyone. Yeah, yeah, everyone. Ek the DJ who was engineering just asked me to send him remote or control so he can turn around and mute Enos. All right. So while we actually are talking about um, new releases, and we just had Olivia on here, Olivia, real quickly, are you guys running any specials or any um, sales to to promote some businesses? There's no new books coming. Um, not really sales, but we're pulling out a ton of new items. Um, you know, the thing right now that I keep telling everybody who are asking, trade paperbacks and omnibuses and everything are your friends. If there's storylines that you want to catch up on that you didn't really have time before to look at, that's definitely where I would go. Um, and actually, and, sorry, go ahead. And actually, since you just said that, I had taken this opportunity, um, Tommy, you'll be proud of me, to finally start reading um, Sandman Volume 1. Okay. Uh, don't, don't don't know if you guys can see that, but I broke it out. I'm up to issue three or four now, I think. Um, I like it so far. Uh, I gotta admit, it was a little hard to get into it, but once I got past issue one, I said, "Okay, well, let's go into issue two, and then said, "Okay, now I'm a little hooked." So, yeah. good stuff. All right, um, but yeah, I do want to stress that, guys, um, out there, just because your shop's not getting any new books, please still give them the business. If you were spending thirty or forty dollars a week on new books. Buy all trade paperbacks. Buy the back issue stuff. Um, just because we're not getting new books doesn't mean they don't still need support. Which we are going to get into um, in just a moment here because I did have uh, some pieces of news I wanted to share here. Image Comics has announced they are not going to be pursuing the digital releases this week, um, which I'm actually happy to hear that because now the other publishers have also followed suit. Um, DC Comics had initially announced they were going to be releasing digitally today. Um, they have decided to push that back until April 29th. Um, and if this is still going by April 29th, I would not be surprised if they just pushed it back again. Um, same thing with Dynamite Comics and Marvel Comics. They've all opted to not do any digital titles this week. Um, as a collector and loving the feel of a book in my hand, I got to say that makes me happy. My, my big fear was that they would do the digital release and then I would have to wait three to four months for the actual physical copy to come out and by then the storyline would be ruined because you know internet and people can't keep their mouth shut well and i think it would hurt uh, the the uh the print industry quite a bit if, if the digital releases did come out because you know a lot of people once they read it digitally are probably not going to go buy the print so right absolutely so i'm glad I'm, I'm glad that they're they're pushing that back you know they'll try to help the print industry sure thing um olivia feel free to just chime in at any point too if you have a comment there okay yeah awesome and then uh, Eric Sinsher host, Enos, you're going to have to do the whole clap, raise your hand thing if you have a comment to make because we muted your butt. All right. So. <laughs> oh, you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm. All right. So also. Cool. Also, too, um, Vault Comics. I'm starting to really like these guys, even though I don't know who they are. Um, remember, I think last week or maybe the week before, I said something about they were going to be doing a new comic book for Vampire the Masquerade. They are now also doing a T-shirt to honor the medical heroes during the, the COVID-19 crisis, um, which has artwork uh, featured by Richard Drummond and designer Tim Daniel. Um, and I think I linked this on the Facebook page for us as well. Um, but it's basically a take on the We Can Do It um, Rosie the Riveter art. Only this okay. one, it looks like it's a nurse with a, a, uh, an apron and a surgical mask. Cool. 
So I don't have a link for it. I'm assuming if you just go and, and Google Vault Comics, they'll come up pretty easily, and then you can go ahead and. Uh... No, I was just giving a thumbs up to it, guys. <laughs> oh, okay, dude. If your thumbs up, that means we think you want to talk. Well, why am I do this? Ah! <laughs> you know what? Maybe you know. I always fire Tommy every week. Maybe I should just fire you and hire Olivia. <laughs> Happy to help. I yes, but I, I, yes, I will haunt you. <laughs> <laughs> so um, while we're at it, um, this is actually uh, does a heart good. Um, Hellboy creator Mike Mignola is doing his part as well um, by selling off some of his sketches. He's announced on Twitter two pieces of art that he's going to be um, auctioning off, and 100% of it are going to go to the World Central Kitchen, who's working extra hard right now uh, with the coronavirus. If you go to their website, wck.org, you will find the link there from Mike on what he's doing. And not to be outdone, um, even though we've given this guy a lot of grief in the past, um, Tommy Rob Liefeld is auctioning off some of the sketches as well. I saw that. I, I, I saw that, and I thought that was really good of him to, to do that. Like you said, we've given him a lot of grief. He's doing a good thing here. Right, so that means next time you see Rob Liefeld, you have to kiss his ass. Um, and I have to say, and I have to say, I'm sure none of those sketches have any feet to be found. See, see, you're going to diss a man even after he's already doing something good. You're still going to make comments. I got um, that rain today. <laughs> got to be done. Doesn't fix his he problem said, with not being able to draw feet, you know. <laughs> Just because he's done something good, that doesn't mean we ain't going to antagonize about his short comments. That's right. <laughs> we, we, we yeah, give man, man, a problem about not drawing feet, and we still have to give you problems with with your love of Tom King. That's some things just have to happen on the show, Randy. <laughs> All right, moving right. Uh, Ek, mute anus again, please. So I don't have anything to cackle. Um, also, um, not only is Rob Liefeld doing it, but Jim Lee has also announced that he's going to be doing some auction sketches um, during the industry shutdown. I really like what he's doing. Um, his first one showed Nightwing, and then he said he's going to do a different one every day for the month, and he starts bidding today. So go out there, go out there. It's on Instagram, and I think Rob is on um, Instagram as well. Um, so he'll take bids, and then whoever wins, at least Jim Lee said, whoever wins the bid on the current one, gets to pick the subject for the next piece. So he's not going to be repeating any characters. Oh, good, um, good. So Starting out with Nightwing. Right, starting with Nightwing. Um, I need to actually, now that I've mentioned that, I need to go and see what the next one's going to be because I'm pretty yep. certain I'm going to want to bid. That's a unique um, choice to start with, Nightwing. Right. Well, I think that was – I think what he did is – think what he did is he took one of his sketches he had previously done and put that up there so that to announce this is what we're doing because each one he's going to draw after that which means he's going to be a busy man for the next 30 days yeah no doubt um this one i actually want to try and get olivia's take on this one because i read this one today and kind of went huh diamond who last week announced they weren't shipping any new books has now also announced they're halting their payments to their vendors um, and Steve Jeppy has basically just come out and said, we ain't got the money. <laughs> um, Steve Jeppe so, was an actor comics, number one. How does he not have the money? <laughs> well, uh, basically saying because of the, the virus and the, the closing down of all the warehouses and distribution that they haven't made the money to pay the money. Um, which, um, as I'm sure Olivia will tell you, they are the only source for new comics. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting because um, it just seems like everything stopped pretty immediately. They stopped paying their vendors. 
they stopped um, really communicating at all with the small comic book businesses and local stores and everything. So it was definitely a sudden change. Um, I've heard a lot of rumors about stuff, but I wouldn't take Ooh, much of that. Tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, nothing too, too juicy, but you know, it's just, there's been a lot of, um, I guess I would say there's a lot of bureaucracy that was involved with their company and everything. And they just didn't handle things very right. well, but well, you know, how well can you handle things when things shut down within a week? Um, right. you know, especially since they're based out of New York. I mean, that's one of the, uh, you know, most hard hit areas, I guess right now is the best way to put it. So I think they're basically doing the best they can with everything. Um, but you know, probably need a little bit of catching up time. Um, and that's probably the, you know, the only conclusion I would jump to. Well, remember, um, for a while, it was Diamond and Capital, right? And then Diamond bought out Capital. And then Marvel tried to make a run at distribution for their own comics, and that just failed horribly. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think I had that mentioned in the news somewhere. Marvel realized, oh, we can't do this. Um, but let's actually get some good news here, something from the Oh Wow um, department. And I actually linked this as well on our website um, for Facebook. If you, um, Tommy, Enos, um, Madman, Livy, if you guys haven't looked at this, go look at this article. This is, this is really good. Um, so the Marvel SVP and editor Tom Brevoort shared um, a piece of artwork. It is basically the oldest documented piece of Marvel Comics art out there, which is a black and white version of the last page of the Submariner story from Marvel Comics number one way back from August 1939. Oh, nice. Um, yes, I read the article. Okay. okay. I read the article yesterday, and I went ahead and posted it. On, okay, not a problem, EK. Uh, for you guys who can't hear EK, letting us know that the video went wonky for a bit because we lost Enos. Um, see, I fired him. Cha-ching! All right, Livy just got a raise. You are getting now 10% of nothing which is okay because you got nothing. <laughs> All right, but yes, so I put that on the Lost and the Lost uh, Longbox Facebook page, the, the link that shows the original name or art um, from 1939. So that was kind of a little piece of good news, something to look at. Um, Tommy, yeah. it is time to expand the collection. Um, Mad Men, you might correct, have to correct me on, these, correct, on the spelling pronunciation. Damn it, Randy, tongue. Um, the auction house, is it Soothby's? Love it. Sotheby's, Sotheby's, Sotheby's um, they are offering on auction the largest collection of DC comics ever from the Ian Levine collection, um, which has that. has more than 40,000 DC comics from 1934 up to 2014. Go ahead, Tommy. That's insane. Right. I mean, yeah, it's like it's supposed to be every DC comic published between those between those dates, every yeah. one of them. It says it has complete collections of Superman, Batman, action comics, and detective comics. Yeah. Has first appearances of Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Green Lantern, Flash, Martian Manhunter. Uh, this is a collection to have. What I don't know is if they're actually going to be auctioned off as an entire lot, if they're going to be cherry picking issues or runs or what have you. I think um, what I saw is they were it's that they're auctioning the entire lot. Ooh, that's tens of millions, easy. Yeah. You yeah. guys, you guys want to go halves on that? Sure. I, I chump change. Yeah. Check my Have. wallet. Yeah. I, I can sell a kidney. Um, it actually now here's the thing that's really cool. It actually started Monday, which was the 30th, right? Um, which coincided with the release of Detective 27 back in Detective on March 30th, 1939. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. So, yeah, I'd love to see how much that goes for, especially if they're selling the uh, the whole thing. Like Madman said, that's going to be tens of millions of dollars. Right. So yeah, I, I read that, and I wanted to check twenty seven and an all star what eight all in there. So right. What's what's the phrase? Drop my teeth. That's what happened when I read that. I was like, holy crap. Yeah. So that's the only news items I had, although I did read one today that I didn't um, put in my notes. Um, not only did DC say they're not going to be pursuing digital publishing, but they are now pursuing an alternate means to distribution. So we may see the rise of another distribution center and take Diamond out of the market. Which might not um, be a bad no, Competition is always good. Well, I know that a lot of the comic stores for years have been rather irate with Diamond because they pretty much um, have you on a chain and it's like, oh, we're not shipping you just books this week. Deal with it. Or, yeah, we know you ordered 40 copies. We're only sending you 20. Deal with it. Yeah. That's an issue sometimes. I think part of the problem is, too, Diamond's just so big. You know, there's a lot of little details I get missed or, you know, they'll send us X amount of books when we ordered three times as much. Um so it'd be interesting to see if there were different subsets of distribution companies that came about and competition is always good. Absolutely. Um, competition can only help, especially now that let's, let's face it, it's going to be a wide open market here. Uh, whenever distribution does come back online. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's all the items I had for news that I read and thought I was rather interesting. Do you guys have anything? Um, no, I think you about covered everything I had. I because you know I had the uh, the thing about the the DC Comics and that you were talking about. I want I definitely want to talk about that and because that was really cool. But so I think we got everything. All right, cool. Um, we're gonna do show and tell. Olivia, you are free. To, like I said, to either stick around and and hang out with us, or if you wanted to just drop off. Um, if you decide to drop off, at least first tell our viewers and our listeners where you're at. Um, if you want to stick around, stick around. We we're good with that. I'll probably actually go ahead and drop off just because I have dinner on the stove, actually. Uh, oh, sure. Um, so go ahead. Um, guys, if you were in the Fredericksburg, Stafford's, um, Spotsylvania area, uh, Gateway Comics and Toys, Livia's give us the address and email address and website for them. Yeah, it's uh, gatewaycomicsandtoys.com. It's the same on all of our social media platforms, um, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, sales at gatewaycomicsandtoys.com is our email. The Phone number is 540-621-9274. And call us if you need anything, have any questions. If you want to take this time to fill in your want list and find some missing holes in your collection, here to help. All right, good. I'll be faxing over about 40 pages to you later today. So um, with my awesome. want. <laughs> Great. Right. Well, thanks so much. Thank you. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. It is our favorite part of the show um show and tell um and eric we we do have the youtube feed still right um you can awesome so scott um and i'm sorry madman absolutely i got you not a problem so if you guys want to do show and tell i don't actually have um hot books for show and tell i got some unique stuff so go right ahead um, all right i'll start um if you want me to Right, yeah, so, I don't know where he went. So we got. Um, uh, <laughs> go ahead, Tommy. All right. So for me, we got uh, Marvel Spotlight number thirty-two, the first appearance of the Spider Woman. Cool. It's a beautiful book. I have that one too. Very, cool. very nice book. I got this at Awesome Con last year. Uh, 
great buy for, for me. It was one, one I've been looking for. And, you know, with her, you know, the, there's always talk about her being showing up in this, that, or the other series. So, you know, she's always kind of got right there on the verge of being that really, really hot book. Um, interesting story about it. There was two books that the, the person I bought it off of um, had. The other one looked like it was in better condition until he opened the, uh, the, the bag and let me look through them. And oh, I, I remember this. <laughs> And there was a rip on one of the pages. He actually wanted more for the one that had a ripped page than the one that I bought. So, um, yeah, made out pretty good, I thought. I think this one was about $20 cheaper than the one with the ripped page. Right. Wow. I actually remember that, too, because I think I was yeah. with you when you put it out the bag. And we were both like, whoa. <laughs> Ooh, ripped page. I mean, it wasn't like completely ripped in half. It was like maybe a, right. what do you think, about a, maybe a one-inch rip at the top. Right. But, but still, it was ripped. I noticed he didn't change the price on the book either. Yeah, I, well, I don't. Did he? Did he know? Did I point it out to him, or did I just hand it back to him and say, "Well, oh, we showed it to him," and he just went, "Huh? Well, let's look at the other copy," and then he put it right back on the wall. Yeah. So maybe he changed it later. I don't know, but he didn't right away. You are right. So um, that doesn't, and not to mention, what was the book we saw? The Tales of Suspense Fifty Five, where the guy bought it, um, and it was a dealer, and he walked right down the aisle and marked it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right back up on the wall. Yeah. 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 Oh, madman, you missed it. It was oh, uh, Tales of Suspense 55, right? Um, well, it's the first appearance of Iron Man. Is that Tales of Suspense 55? I, Let me look. I believe it is. Not um, gotcha. It might be. But, it might be earlier than that. I think it's earlier than earlier than that. But I he had it on. He had it on the wall. I want to say I'm. I'm. I'm just going to have to fudge the price because I can't remember right off the top of my head. But he had it for like eighteen hundred dollars, or maybe no, it was like four thousand. It was a high book. I remember that. And we watched a guy buy it, like take his phone, go ahead, do the whole credit thing. And me and Tommy were like, hey, man, that's such a great book. He's like, oh, yeah, thank you. Kid you not. He walked down the aisle to like 10 other booths, put it on the wall and marked it up. And we were like, you bastard. <laughs> yeah, he marked it up at like $500. And yeah. It was a suspense 39. Yeah. Because mm. that's the so, first time. Madman, you got something for show and tell? I know you do because you were holding it earlier. Yeah, it's, it's kind of one of my favorites. Let me. Uh... Oh, I got Enos back. You're still muted, Enos. We'll, we'll be right. I'm going to talk about this comic book real quick. Then no you can, problem. You can do your show and tell. I guess, I guess you're not muted. I got Hitler Superman. World's Very sweet. Fin World's Finest, number 247. It's another, it's another one of these uh, dollar comic things. And look, I mean, he's seriously doing the do Nazi. Now, doing the Super, Hitler. super yep. Nazi thing. It's like, yeah. wow. Wow. He was created by two Jewish guys. It doesn't make any sense. Everybody forgets that. Yeah, they did, whoever did, did that cover just really wasn't thinking. Well, what I mean is that this is you know uh, uh, November of seventy seven, nineteen seventy seven, and it's just it was such a different time that you know you would never see this on a comic book cover today. Oh right? no, no, never. I find that interesting. And in well, fact, that. that would have been after the first Superman movie. So Siegel and Schuster have gotten their settlement from Warner Brothers slash DC because remember Neil Adams, when the movie was coming out, said, hey, you really did these guys wrong. You need to fix that. Right. So we know they were still alive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, Enos, I know you're in a car. Do you have a show and tell? Can you do it and not wreck? Oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, I can. Uh, here's my show and tell that was from last week. And uh, I didn't get a chance to get on due to being late. Oh, right. Lift it up. There you go. Now, that's the John Byrne run on Fantastic Four, which was a great era. I love the Byrne run on those. And that was also when She-Hulk yes, was now, in the this, team. 
Exactly. Now, this particular issue, ironically, was one of the, was big uh, was about the story was about the very reason that the Human Torch was not featured in the 1978 um, Fantastic uh, Four animated series because they were afraid that their kids would see the Human Torch and set themselves on fire. Well, this very issue is about that same thing. A little kid who saw the Human Torch and idolized him set himself on fire and died from his burns. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and has... And this is where Johnny is contemplating his place as the Human Torch and in the Fantastic Four, another classic by Byrne. What can you say? The, the guy is just the master of what he does. So and I love I, everything he does. Yes, that was great. Um, he also, I think this is right before he started the, um, the his own She-Hulk run, where she was breaking the fourth wall even before Deadpool. Yeah. Um, which yeah. I'm gonna have to look that up because I want to say the whole thing about why Johnny Storm was not in the cartoon was not because they didn't want kids to light themselves on fire, but was another legal dispute. But we'll find out. I'm gonna look. All right. So for my show and tell, I'm gonna do something right. actually a little bit different. I don't know about um, our listeners out there if you have an Ollie's in your town. Um, I know we have one here. Um, Ollie's a couple years ago got their hands on a lot of. Um, remaindered product, both hardcovers and trades. So I went to ours here locally um, in town a couple weeks ago, and I picked up some gems for like half the price. So like, for instance, I got this for six bucks, and it originally retailed for 30. Um, This is the Vigilante Volume 1 trade paperback by Marv Wolfman. Um, Why is the camera not flipping over? Uh, For some reason, I'm not the host anymore. I don't know if EK's in front of the front of the computer right now anyway ek are you there okay gotcha um but yet yep spotlight video yeah. there, there we go, go. So there yeah, he is. Um, Vigilante um, Volume One trade paperback. I love this book when it first came out. Um, and for you guys who don't know, he actually premiered um, not in his own book, but in the pages of Teen Titans Annual Two because they reprint that at the very front, and then they do uh, up to issue um, fifteen or fourteen of the series. Of course, they put the sticker on it. But yeah, thirty dollar book at Ollie's. I got it for six bucks. Nice. Um, also, I gotta find this um, Ollie's man. It's over at the old four mile fork. Don't look yeah. for that one. That was the last one. <laughs> I'm not well, kidding. That was, the last, the last one. that was You know what? You're not gonna believe this. I actually looked to see if there was another one because I knew you would want it. Um, but from um, <laughs> the mid '80s, um, originally this was a twenty dollar trade. I got it for five bucks. The electrifying new ish, new adventures of Supergirl. Um, Enos, I know you remember this series. Um, in fact, I'll show you the cover. But I'm pump Oh yeah. Yep. So this collects like issues one through twelve of that series. Yeah. Um, so that was a great one at the time. And then I picked up. Um, you're going to love this one. This is in hardcover. Um, and the sticker on it's gone. But I also want to say it was six bucks, and it looks like it was thirty five dollars. JSA: The Golden Age. Oh wow. Oh man. And I can tell you, I know for a fact there is more of these there because I saw two or three copies of them. Right, and I um, bought one. So. Nice. Yeah. 
So yeah, four mile fork, um, Enos is where that Ollie's is. But I know they're nationwide. So if you've got an Ollie's in town, make sure you go check because I picked up a bunch of trays there last year. And another one that I got, um, this one was um, uh, $17. This one is actually Justice League, the ultimate guide. And it goes all the way up through the um, new 52 reboot. Oh, nice. and, and so I've lost camera again because now it's on Tommy. Now you're, you're, some, you're back. Okay. Gotcha. Now cool. Tommy's back. So that one's really great. And my last item, this actually really bums me because I found out that this only works if it's charging and it doesn't hold a charge anymore. The mother box. Let me see if I can kill some light here and maybe we can. <laughs> Good stuff. And Good stuff. Actually, It actually has three different sounds and effects on it. Nice. Um, but it doesn't hold a charge anymore. So that's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Um, because now I can't take it to conventions and, and hold it right. in my hand because it doesn't charge. I have yeah. to have it directly hooked into USB. All right. So that was show and tell. Uh, well, it's on the inside, Eric. How would they take it apart? All right. Well. If I take it there and they say, sorry, kid, it's broken, I'm going to hold you responsible. All right, so let's get into this week's subject. Since today is um, April Fool's Day, we're going to be discussing those best pranks in comics. And since it is such slim pickings, I realize that. Um, we're going to talk about prank characters um, or April Fool's jokes or pranks pulled in other media. So who wants to go first? I'll start out. Sweet. Uh, one of my personal favorite characters, you know, prankster type characters, comes from us from Fantastic Four number eleven, The Impossible Man. Gotta love him. Oh, oh my God. yeah, he is so much fun. I I love The Impossible Man. I love the fact that in the seventies he convinced Galactus to eat his their their home world of of Apollopius. Yeah, what however it's pronounced, and it gave <laughs> him, and it gave him indigestion. <laughs> I love that. Whatever. I just found that to be the funniest thing in the world that it gave the big guy indigestion. I think I actually remember reading that too. Yeah, it was it was it was during the seventies run. Apparently, he was involved in the Fantastic Four quite a bit between seventy uh, in the seventies. Um, it looks like it looks like he had he had a run from uh, one seventy five to like one ninety six, like an almost two year run where he was you know involved pretty regularly in the book. That's pretty crazy. Well, he was. That's gonna be nuts. <laughs> oh yeah, this is more, this is probably gonna be great comedy. Oh yeah. Nobody can hear you. Right, no one can hear Ek. So <laughs> right now our listeners are going, "Who the hell are they talking to?" Um. So. Uh, one of the ones that I picked up, this is actually, to me, I thought was a, a really good prank um, that turned out to be um, a major character. And that was in 2000, Marvel promoted the series of The Century. And they actually went so far as to say, oh yeah, this was one of Stan Lee's original characters that um, it was all written up and drawn and then it never got published and we shoved it in the vault somewhere and forgot about it. And they played it up so good that even Stan Lee was admitting, oh yeah, I remember writing up that guy and we never did anything with it. You mean you found it? Um, and it was all a publicity stunt. But the thing is, it was so well pulled off that people believed it, that it was actually stuck in a chest somewhere and never used. 
until everybody started reading it went, okay, this is so obviously not created back in the 60s because he's referring to events that happened after his supposed um, date he was written. Well, and, you know, let's face it, 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 that's believable that, you know, he was created by Stanley back in the day because how many, how many people, that, you know, characters does Marvel make that they just don't use, you know? I'm right. sure they have like a vault of all kinds of characters, you know, DC as well, that they've created and just never used. So I think that's completely believable. Right. Well, remember, one of their big stories was that um, they knew he was the same power level as Superman and they didn't want to be seen ripping off Superman when everyone remembered all too well what had happened to Fawcett and Captain Marvel back in the day. Yeah. Um, and I think I, they even I, went so far as to have Wizard even say that, oh, yeah, this was a character they had in their vault from like the 60s. Yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's pretty nuts. I never really got into the century. He just, I don't know. He just didn't do it for me. Uh, he had a really interesting take that he had his great enemy, the Void, who was going to destroy everything. And you find out that it was actually him. Yeah, it was, it was like a split, of split, him. split personality. Enos, you out there? Big E? Big E. Big E, little B. Big oh, e, looks like he dropped e. out again. Yeah. All right. Like hey, Madman, what do you got for uh, pranks or uh, uh, April Fool's pranks or jokes in comics or um, any other medium? I guess the only thing that really popped in my head was this one. I can't remember the comic book, but the Joker pointed a gun at a dude and go pulls the trigger and a little uh, pulse pops out and it says, bang, you're dead on it. And the guy was like, oh, oh, of course, of course, the Joker did that to me. And then he pulled the trigger again and it fired at the dude and hit, shit, right. shot him in the yes. head. I, was I like, actually found that too, and I can't remember the name of the story, but yeah, yeah. it was came out and it said bang, and the guy yeah. said, oh, oh, wow, what a relief. It's a joke, of course, it's being funny, but then it turned out it was actually a spear that launched out of the gun. Yeah. I don't remember the story. Enos would know it because he's a big Batman fan. Yeah. Uh, but uh, God, it's going to bug me to death now because I don't remember. Tommy, what do you got? Um, so speaking with, of the Joker, as far as, far, as far as jokes and pranks, I, I go to the end of the, uh, the killing joke. The, the last couple pages where him, where he's telling the joke with Batman about the two people, about the men escaping the nut house. It says the first, the first one jumps across the uh, to the other roof, and, and and but the second one, he's a little scared. He doesn't want to cross. So the the first one says, "I'll shine the light across for you. Could you could just walk across the light?" And the other one goes, "What do you think I am? Crazy? You'll turn the flashlight off on me when I'm halfway across." And you know what? I actually tell that joke to people I, <laughs> about the well, two I've guys that escaped it before too yeah without without you know you know mentioning that it comes from a comic book it, it's a funny joke right and um, um you know it it, it was, i liked it so much too because the story was so dark that you kind of needed that to, to lighten things up a little levity yep absolutely yeah so right. I, I i loved it i thought you know i thought that was so great especially well, when they got batman to laugh right mm -hmm. well the thing is said, especially the the thing is, it's not just that he laughs, it's that at first he's standing there with that classic Batman grim look, and then he chuckles a little. Then he chuckles a little more. Then yeah. he starts laughing, and then he's guffawing, and you're thinking, oh, man, this is really scary because in that one moment, you're seeing that and Joker, and it's the whole point of that story, is Joker's telling him, you're just one bad day away from being me. Mm -hmm. Which you, so, know, you could think about a lot of people, you know? Right. Um, hey, Enos, welcome back to the show. Um, what do you got for uh, April Fool's pranks or, or funny characters or pranksters from comics? Well, one of my favorites has always been the Riddler. 
because yes. they took something very simple and turned out, if you really think about it, we hear about Rayshawn Gould, the Joker, the Scarecrow, and many of the members of Batman's Rogues Gallery. But if you really think about it, and he doesn't get credit for this, but the Riddler, or Edward Nigma, as he is known, is actually Batman's intellectual equal. And the oh, thing yeah. that, that winds up getting him beat is the fact that he underestimates Batman's intellect. Because one of my fondest memories of, um, I think the best example of that is the episode from Batman, the animated series, If You're So Smart, Why Aren't You Rich? Where he creates this seemingly a riddle that was impossible to answer, but Batman figured it out. And when he ended it, he hit Nigma where he lived when he said, and the only thing that Edward, the, 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 the Riddler respects. And that's the human brain, the human mind. And it's, and it's and, funny, um, I do love but, the Riddler. Yep. And uh, the, the, the fact, but, but if, now that version of the Riddler was voiced by John Glover, who we know as Lionel Luthor from Smallville, but it really, if we wanted want to thank anyone for the Riddler still being around, it's the late great Frank Gorshin from Gorsh the Gorsh old Gorsh. Batman yeah. TV series, because he brought, he took a seemingly useless villain, and he made him unique just simply from his portrayal of, of um of the character, and not to mention that signature laugh. <laughs> It's almost like he's constantly I mean, trying to outdo Cesar Romero. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and it was the, and the Riddler was, you know, a very minor villain in, in Batman comic books before that TV series, too. Yes. Well, yes. well, remember, Joker had been taken out of the comics up until that TV show, too. Remember? Yeah. Because he had been yeah. uh, who would uh, God I can't remember the publisher now or, or the editor, but he had forbidden the use of Joker. So the TV show also helped save that character. Was it Julia Schwartz? Yes, there you go. Boom. Um, Can you imagine mad- yeah, what Batman would be like today if, if if the Joker would disappeared in in the in the sixties and never came back? Right. And it's funny you mention that because I yes I will admit I am behind schedule. I just watched season or uh, episode one of the Harley Quinn cartoon, and Riddler features prominently in that um, with his little trap. And I just love the part where he's talking about uh, what's cold but still burns, and, and both Batman and Harley are like acid. He's like, let me finish Riddler. It's, it's acid. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was. I was I the, I've I, seen the first episode too. I liked it. I, I need to get you know to see the rest. I always loved the riddles in the Batman TV series because it was just uh, Batman or Robin. They would fire fire off these ridiculous answers to these stupid riddles, like right off the ballpoint banana. Right. You know, <laughs> my my favorite riddle my my favorite riddle was in the pilot episode. He um he you leaves a recording and he goes before you trip over your cape, Batman. Riddle me this: there are three men in a boat, four cigarettes, and no matches. How do they manage to smoke? Eh? <laughs> and and the right. answer. The answer? The answer was they threw a cigarette overboard and made the boat a cigarette lighter. 
Ah. <laughs> okay, that's good. <laughs> All right. I have a great prank, and I found this one researching this, and I'm going to have to go look this book up now just for um, the uh, what's posterity sake. So this is actually an X-rated prank that Joe Orlando pulled back in the day. Um, so you guys are going to love this one. So apparently in 1952, as EC Comics were coming to an end, um, there was a story in Tales from the Crypt number 29, a story about Alf Feinstein and Bill Gaines when art by Joe Orlando, which, you know, huge name Joe Orlando. Um, it was about a man who was seducing a Greek woman while she was on vacation, what have you. But there's a scene in it where he's talking to her and you see curtains in the background as he's, as he's talking to her and everything goes fine in that, in that storyline. Nothing happens. This is like in 1952. Well, in the late 1970s, Russ Cochran reprinted the EC horror comics, but he did them in black and white. Okay, um, so when you go back to that page in black and white, you see that in the curtains he actually drew some obscene figures of people having sex. So, <laughs> and I actually took this and I put it on the Lost on the Lost Longbox Facebook page, so you can actually see it. Um, but here's what's funny: that was in 1970s, but it still wasn't really discovered until the 80s when Bill Gaines had it brought to his attention, and he sent um, Orlando a nasty gram letter, pretending to be outraged over the joke. <laughs> So Not, I don't have, I don't have all the details here. Obviously, I don't have the art to show you. But if you really want to see it, um, go to the Lost in the Longbox Facebook page. I linked the article there and the black and white, and you can clearly see it. Um, so I think I am going to go back and find that issue and actually the reprint for it as well because I remember reading that and I was like, how did I not know this? How does most of us not know this? So who's got something else for me? Give me, I'm give me. As far as I, the, the prank characters, goofy characters, funny characters, we got to go with the Tick. Spook. Oh yes, yo, he's 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 had his own comic adventures, his own his own cartoon, two TV series. I gotta admit that I'm not really familiar with his with the comic book side, but I watched the daylights out of the cartoon, and I've seen both his. Uh, I've, I've seen all of his first TV series and season one of of his um of his second one. I never got around. I haven't got around to watching season two, but really, really crazy, funny stuff. Um, I remember one of the ones from the comic book series. They were talking to, to, to Sewer Urchin, who was um, kind of like uh, Rain Man from the from the movie. And they're saying, "Well, who has a thousand pounds of rancid meat?" And Sewer Urchin raises his hand. He says, "Who has a submarine?" And Sewer Urchin raises raises his hand. And he goes, How do you find all this stuff? He goes, "Yeah, you'd be amazed at stuff people throw away that there was a trench <laughs> I remember watching um, the first season of the old show, and the quote that just has stuck with me forever was where the chick says, I'm going to spread my buttery justice over every nook and cranny of this city. <laughs> nice. nice. I, 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 you're, you're unmuted there, Enos. <laughs> I always like, I always like me in, in the cartoon Dinosaur Neil, too, when he turned into the T-Rex with the, with the little arms. Because it, because it, it reminds it reminds me of that joke. You know why can't why can't dinosaurs clap? T Rex arms. You're good. You're good. We hear you now. Okay. So always reminded me of that joke. Enos, you got another one? Yes, I do. Mine is he started <laughs> off as a trickster, but he wound up being taken seriously and being more of a serious villain. I'm talking about Loki. Oh, yes, absolutely. Now, before Walt Simonson's classic run on Thor, 
Loki was just like this nuisance type character that just he was kind of like uh Mixoplex. He just he was just there to just create problems and just be a nuisance to um Thor and everyone that was around him. But in 1983, when Simonson took over, he took Loki and made him not only still keeping within the trickster of the character himself, but they made him someone of a real badass trickster. A real and threat, yeah. A real threat to the, the real threat to Thor because prior to that he really wasn't a threat. And Simonson's run, he was a serious threat and turned out to be a major player as far as villains go in the Marvel universe. And not and even now, and 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 right now he's even he was more solidified as that type of villain by the great acting of Tom Hiddleston. Who right. I would love to have seen become the next James Bond myself. I'm just throwing that out there because the guy is that great. Because one of the things that I loved about the Thor and the Avengers movies was that Loki just brought something extra to make that film better. And Tom Hiddleston is probably one of the most underrated actors out there. And the guy is just freaking phenomenal. And I love it. Well, remember, he was, he was a fantastic Loki. Yeah, he and, was. And remember, Loki was the the main villain in Avengers number one because he stole that story from Avengers, uh, the movie, right from the comic. He gets control. The very of first Thor. issue. He still he gets control of Thor or crap of Hulk and pits him against the Avengers, which is how we got the Avengers. Uh, right. Which, by, by the way, I actually just um, over the weekend, because, you know, we all are stuck in our homes and can't go anywhere. Um, just rewatch Kong Skull Island and Hiddleston's really good in that. Yeah, he is. Yes, he that is. That's a good movie. That was a good and movie. Somebody, and somebody else who's really good in that. And I know Madeline's just going to like grimace when I say this, but she did a good job in that movie was Brie Larson. Yes, she did. I think you know, I actually like her better in that than I do Captain Marvel. It was she, funny when, when that when that movie came out and we first saw a preview of it. My wife said, "Well, we won't be seeing that in the movie theater." I'm like, um, yeah, we are. I was like, "How long have we been together?" And you think I'm not going to go see a King Kong movie in the theater? Come on now, right? Well, well, did um, did uh, uh did she play like she had a personality? She was actually very likable in this movie, and she wasn't trying to act like she was trying to prove a point and act and act like she right. was all powerful and all knowledgeable. She was right. actually quite likable in this movie, yeah. and which, which 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 really, from to be honest with you guys, Captain Marvel was a come down for her. Yeah, right. um, because she really is a great actress, but that movie. I don't care what anybody says. Captain Marvel was just rolled all over. Yeah. <laughs> all over. I, I think that was the point I was trying to make is that, you know, I think that when it came to Captain Marvel, the director told her, you know, you got to play stoic. You got to be, you know, you know, badass. You got to be uh, hard, hard nosed and stuff like that. So I don't necessarily think it's her fault that uh, Captain Marvel came off so poorly or right. that character came off right. so poorly. And, and what surprises me about that is the fact that Kelly Sue DeConnick was one of the executive producers, and she doesn't write Carol like that. Right, exactly. So moving on, um, 
because I do have one I want to get to. Um, talking about uh, prankster characters and their full jokes, I went ahead and did the same thing. I went and grabbed a character who started off as a joke, but has become an actual popular and uh, powerful character. I don't know how powerful, but so back in the 70s, Marvel did a black and white magazine called Marvel Preview. Um, had a lot of great um, firsts in it, like Dominic Fortune premiered in it. Issue four of it had Star-Lord, uh, which is where we first get exposed to him. But I love Star-Lord in those comics. But what was really great was in issue four, the backstory had a character written by Bill Mantlo called Prince Wayfinder. Okay, great. He brings Prince Wayfinder back in issue seven of Marvel Preview, way back in 1976, and it featured a... A uh, comic character that was not supposed to be taken serious. It was there for comic relief. Was a talking raccoon named Rocky Raccoon. Um, yes, and it actually was referring to the Beatles character of the same name. And then years later, Mantlo boxed the character back and put him in Incredible Hulk 271, renamed him Rocket Raccoon, and history was made. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We, we love us some Rocket. That was one. That was one of the selling points that that I had for the Guardians of the Galaxy movie was that you know it was it featured a talking raccoon riding a tree shooting a machine gun. I was right. like, and that is as cool as it sounds. Well, and I do remember the cover to that Hulk too because it's actually Hulk standing like holding uh, like a panel with Rocket on it. He's like, I have to share my book with a talking raccoon. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> and wasn't that just before the? Um... The um, acceptance storyline where Banner actually, where the Hulk takes Banner's, develops Banner's intelligence and he's given amnesty? Uh, I do believe so because uh, that was still Greenskill Hulk. It was issue 271. So I think that even um, it was written by Bill Mantlo and and art by Sal Bushima. So that was probably before that story arc, as before Peter David and his legendary run on it. So yes. Okay, cool. Oh, oh. Um, that's actually a hot book now. You can't get that cheap anymore. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I believe that. Um, and, and it's funny because when it when you first bought that book, you're thinking, "Oh, great, yeah, this is right. going to be a film. Yeah. This is going to be a film Yeah, it's right. It's <laughs> one thing that you just kind of skimmed through, threw in a bag and bag and board, and just threw it in no, your box. <laughs> no, you wouldn't even bag and board it. So that's not going to be worth anything. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, like you said, right. Randy, nobody took him seriously. It was supposed to be. A joke, but who would have ever thought that he would have gotten as hot as he did? And you know, it's one it's one of the wonderful things about some of these really obscure characters. Some of them just wind up taking a life of their own. Case in point, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles would be one of a yeah, prime example of that. They also started as a as a joke character. As and actually joke. Tommy and Tommy hit the nail on the head for this one. Um Incredible Hulk 271, we get Rocket Raccoon, and then he disappears. We don't see him again until they bring back the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. And that's when he suddenly shows up there. <laughs> well, same with Groot and, and that. You know, Groot disappeared for forever before he came right. back. Because he was originally in one of one of the uh, one of the anthology ones. What was it? He came through in what Tales of Suspense or you know, right, Tales exactly. Well, that. Oh yeah, way back in the sixties, yeah. Yeah, he well, was I way think back. The- I think the group we have now is not the same iteration as the one that you're thinking of that originally premiered. I think they revamped them. Enos, what in the hell are you doing? <laughs> Just seeing if y'all still see me. <laughs> oh, yeah, we can um, see you. Uh, does anyone have anything else before we start wrapping up here? Is no one going to mention Slapstick? 
I was going to get. Oh, I was gonna, yes. I was. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Mad Go ahead, Mad Man. You, no, you guys, I never read it because I'm an adult. I oh, Lord. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, let's not forget. Uh, is it Marvel had a guy? Obnoxio uh, so. the Clown. Obnoxio the Clown. And we've got two classic characters from Superman who one was actually called the prankster and the other one was probably one of his, one of the most annoying yeah. comic characters, Mr. Mixelplick. Oh, and, no. um, I Mixelplick. Hate God, awesome. I hate that character. And it's, and, and that's been his claim to fame. They, when they write him, he's so cotton picking annoying. You just wait. You have to read Superman to figure out how what, how long is it going to take him to make him disappear? And right. like um, on the animated series, you I'm not, I'm pretty sure you guys know who voiced him when they what they did was when Gilbert they brought Godfrey. him exactly <laughs> when they brought him in they had him dressed like he originally was back when with Wayne a little bowler with a little bowler yes bowler hat, yeah. exactly <laughs> and throughout the whole show my God my God and I'm like okay uh, but, but but they did that with a twist. They had it where not Superman did not go be did not go through the whole episode and be antagonized by him. They had Superman figure it out and make him disappear and come back a, like a hundred times throughout the whole show, which made that a better episode. You're never gonna trick me, Superman. Just say yeah. backwards. I also noticed too that they drew Mixelplick in that cartoon with the same squinty face that uh, Gilbert Godfrey has in his routine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's just no. That's just his face, man. That's, that's just, just his face. Rest, resting Gilbert Gottfried face. Right. <laughs> and you want to know what's so funny? Gottfried is not even like that, really, in real life. Other than oh no, that's face. well. It's just like uh, Bobcat Goldthwait is a perfect example of that too. He is not the same person on stage that he is in person. Yep. It's all a persona. Yep. Right. But all Sam right. Kennison. So that Sam was actually Kennison. pretty fun. Oh yeah, he is, and so is uh, Ron White. Ron White is Ron White. Yep. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's been a pretty good episode, guys. Um, yeah, everybody, this is probably really working. Yep, we're going to be probably doing this for at least the next couple of months because we are in Virginia, and the governor has told us we are staying in our homes until June 10th. I may kill myself by the time that comes around, or my wife will kill me. Um, but I do want to remind everybody. Um, just because there is uh, COVID-19 keeping everybody indoors, we are still doing our podcast. Um, Mad Men still did Shock Monkey Radio yesterday um, from 6 to 7 p.m. on Tuesdays. We are still going to be doing Lost and Longbox every Wednesday from 6.30 to 7.30 unless something happens and we just decide I'm not going to work up the energy to sit down on the computer anymore. Um, <laughs> but make sure you visit us at facebook.com slash lost in the long box. We got our Gmail account, lost in long box at gmail.com. We do have our Patreon account. So patreon.com slash lost in long box. I have redone all the tiers. Um, so our lowest level now is $3 a month and then $5 a month gets you, I think, access to our videos. Um, got our Facebook groups there, Batman yesterday, today and forever, the realm of superheroes, comics and pop culture and gathered together the greatest superhero teams until then, everybody, please, do what the law says. Stay indoors. Don't go outside. Practice social distancing. The quicker we can all um, get rid of this thing, the quicker we'll all be back to a normal life. I co Thanks for listening, that. everybody. Stay safe out there, everyone. All right. Later, guys. All right. Later.